Welcome to the Drink Less, Live More podcast. If you are a woman that is wanting to evaluate your relationship with alcohol, you come to the right place. There are no hard and fast rules and you don't have to call yourself anything. You're just a woman that knows something isn't working for her and you are wanting to make an intentional change. I'm Rachel Pritz and I'll walk alongside you as you learn to drink less and live more. Let's go. Welcome back to Drink Less, Live More. I am coming off of Thanksgiving break, so I've been off for about a week. My kids were home for a week. They had the week off, and we did some really fun stuff. They also drove me crazy for part of the time with their fighting. For the most part, it was a pretty great break. And I have made a big life decision, and I want to share it with you because this might resonate for some of you out there just knowing my audience I am not sending Christmas cards this year, period. I had one actually made and printed and um, I'm keeping it for myself because I like to put them in picture frames just to kind of see like every year, you know, the things that we did and all those things, but I'm not sending a damn one of them out. And here is why. So I'm not a Scrooge. I'm not a Grinch. I love Christmas. Like if you know me, my house is decked out. I absolutely love Christmas, but I am sick and tired of adding more to my plate that isn't really adding a lot of value to my life. So I always use the model. If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And this year Christmas cards are not a hell yes. So I'm challenging this kind of social expectation that women send these, you know, that women do all this. Come on. Like how many men actually do this? You know, how do they, how many of them actually organize the photos for it and send out Christmas cards every year? Like, come on. So I am just not going to do it. I'm going to challenge that, that whole thing. Even when I start getting them in the mail and I'll start to feel that little twinge of guilt. I've done this before. I've done it in years past. Um, I'll feel this little bit of guilt feeling, but it's practice for me to challenge that guilt feeling. I have done a workshop called the guilt cleanse, which I'm actually doing again in January, which I'm super excited about because it's something that many of us really struggle with. And the definition of guilt that I use in there is that guilt is that you did something wrong. Shame is that you are something wrong. That's a whole deeper level. That certainly comes into play with the drinking uh, part of things, which I've talked about before. But guilt is I did something wrong. So if I sit with that for a minute and I say, oh, I'm feeling guilty about this. Oh, that is more of an external pressure. Do I internally actually believe that I did anything wrong here? And the answer is no. The answer is almost laughable that I would ever think that I did something wrong by not sending out a fucking Christmas card. So there you go. Not sending them. If you don't want to do it either, I'm right behind you. Like, go for it. Don't, don't do it. Or maybe it's not Christmas cards. Maybe it's just something else that you feel like the external world's telling you you need to do. And it doesn't really matter to you. Take it off your plate. Like we're done with it. We're not going to do that anymore. So this week I'm talking about Googling, am I an alcoholic? So I get this comment a lot when people do intake calls with me. It was certainly part of my story too, you know, two, three years ago when I was starting to just explore this whole world. I'm like, well, when I follow people in the sober community or I hear what they talk about, a little bit of that resonates. Like the whole, if you think it's a problem, then, you know, it's a problem. I totally agree with that. 
I think there are varying degrees of what problem drinking looks like. And what I now know, you know, three years into this is that I sort of caught it before it got so far out of hand that I could never touch alcohol again or, you know, it just, it got to that point where there was like the point of no return. And so I really think that, you know, problem drinking is definitely on a spectrum. There's no doubt about it. I think everybody responds differently to certain types of, you know, therapies, treatments, um, how to get themselves out of it. Everybody's a little bit different. So really when I share these things, they're really just my own story, but I also start to hear those stories on repeat with my clients and with all of you that I've had phone calls with or conversations with. So I kind of started with, you know, Googling, well, am I an alcoholic? Let's, let's look at the definition of that because I don't want to not be willing to look at that and be missing a, a bigger problem than I thought was there before. However, I will say that even if I would have come to the conclusion at the end of my, you know, long experiment of, of you know, stopping drinking alcohol, if I would have come to the conclusion that I was an alcoholic, that would have actually been the right progression of it, right? Like that would have been the appropriate progression of it where it would have actually stuck. Like I would have believed it because I put in the practice. I put in the experimentation. I actually, you know, measured that experimentation. Okay. How successful am I being? Where am I not being successful? So there's been, you know, all sorts of different, different iterations of this, you know, break from alcohol, drinking again, but never to the level that I was at. And then realizing, oh, wait a minute, in this particular circumstance, I really shouldn't drink because I really wanted to drink a lot more. So a perfect example is a holiday with families, right? You know, so you, I hosted Thanksgiving and I did all the things and, you know, there's just this little bit of anxiety that things aren't going to turn out okay. And you know, all those things. And so I kind of was on all day and I just wanted to chill easily could have overdrank for sure. But my husband actually made one cocktail at night that we were trying to, he was wanting to recreate from a restaurant and it was fantastic. And that was enough because I knew if I kept drinking, I would drink too much. So that's one of the circumstances. Another thing I've realized is that adding alcohol back in, I can't drink two days in a row. So if I've had a drink on a Saturday night, I don't have a drink on a Sunday night. Um, and so that's been a, a you know, realization for me. I just think my body needs like, I don't know, four or five days in between drinks. So I don't slip back into that same pattern of behavior. So so, you know, many of you are out there probably doing the same thing. Maybe you're earlier on on the journey than where I'm at now. Maybe you're right where I'm at or further ahead. Um, it's a journey. There is no doubt about that. And like I said, it's all about experimentation. So just, you know, pay attention to what's going on. But, you know, sometimes when you Google, am I an alcoholic? It's like a little daunting and scary and people are afraid to do it. So when I first Google searched am I an alcoholic? I remember there was just a thing from the Mayo Clinic that came up and it kind of made it much more complex than what I had ever heard before, which I appreciate it because I think it is much more complex. You know, we all have these like this need for dopamine. I mean, that's kind of the whole reason why people drink in the first place is to get this sort of dopamine release. And it's like, man, that feels like such a reward to our brain. So we're like, ding, 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 ding. That's true of any other addiction. I think it's true of, you know, things that are positive. You know, people can have addictions to exercise. You know, I can certainly get into that when I exercise, you know, regularly, which I have done for a really long time. 
I notice the benefits of that. I also notice when I don't exercise that I don't get that sort of dopamine release. So, you know, in in one way, shape, or form, I think we are all just dopamine enthusiasts. You know, we all kind of love that feeling and we grasp at any way to get it. And then there's obviously that spectrum. So when I was sort of looking at it, I was like, yeah, I think where I would fall into to here is kind of like that mild substance use, like I wouldn't even call it disorder. I don't think that's the right word. But I was like, yeah, I mean, it feels like it's a little bit too much, but it's not ruining my life. Nobody's coming to me to say, oh, my gosh, you need to quit drinking. In fact, I was drinking a lot less than many people I knew. And so they are still to this day kind of confused as to why I thought I should, you know, cut back or quit drinking. So keep that in mind. We don't want to go into the comparison mode here. I think that's oftentimes why we go to kind of that external source of truth. Like, hey, I know I'll just Google it because Google can tell me everything I need to know. And going back to the Christmas card example of looking to the external world for the answers, I really believe that this has to be an internal exploration for you to really discover what is true for you And then to kind of hold yourself accountable for that, you know, I mean, there are some clients that I've worked with that have attempted to add alcohol back in after a long break, and they immediately go back into the old pattern of behavior, and they are like drinking even more than they were before. And that's the answer for them. Like, okay, so you're somebody that probably can't moderate their drinking. Good to know. You know, there's no shame in that. That's that's good to know. We had to go through this to be able to get there. And then many of my clients do exactly what I did. You know, they were in the same space and they were able to kind of add some alcohol back in, but to have some parameters and some guardrails around their alcohol use and not just opening the bottle of wine and finishing it before you even knew what happened. So, you know, there's both both things have happened in my coaching practice. So I'm always pretty transparent about that with clients as they're coming in. But the point is, is that we want to get to like the actual thing here. We want to understand what we Um, are, you know, believing and knowing about ourselves internally versus what everyone else is telling us externally. And that way we can kind of know the answers. But I still hold true and fast to the fact that it is really hard to do that with any alcohol in your body. And I really highly recommend at least a 90-day break to come to any sort of conclusion there. And then you can start to experiment. You know, I had an intake call with somebody a couple of weeks ago and she's like, look, I've taken six months off of alcohol. My husband's done the same thing. He thinks he could never drink again. He doesn't care if he ever drinks again. He enjoys not drinking alcohol, but she's like, I kind of want to go out and have a glass of wine with friends. And I just don't know. You know, I don't know. And from what she had described to me, you know, I always tell people it's not medical advice, but from what she described to me, she was very similar to me with her drinking habits. And I just kind of said, well, what's the harm in experimenting? Like, let's try it and see. Can you have one glass and be fine with that? Is that enjoyable for you? Or are you white knuckling through that with having one glass? There are times that that's part of my sort of guardrails that I'm like, I think I'll have to white knuckle stopping my drinking. And I don't want to do that. Like, I'm just, I don't want to fight that. I just want to go and be. And so I'll just choose not to drink anything. So that I think is something that, you know, you have to discover for yourself once again, kind of that internal exploration. You know, interestingly enough, because I do so much work with the Enneagram, I do think there are personality traits and, you know, just things from a biology standpoint and DNA and all the things. I mean, it's all so complex. We are barely even touching this at this point. But I do think that there are 
things that factor in there that kind of make you more of a, um, you know, potential person that could be addicted to alcohol, for example. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of psychological conditions. I don't even want to say conditions. I don't love putting labels on things. I don't really know that they help us a whole lot. But there are things that, you know, I've noticed psychologically that I do to cope with things that that made sense why I went to wine to get rid of it. I don't like conflict and um, I like to just kind of be at peace. And we don't live in a world that supports that. You know, there is there is not daily peace. Um, you know, I try to create as much of it as I can, but I can't live in a world where there's no disruption, no life events that are disruptive. You know, I have a family and there's constant disruptive life events. Um, so, you know, that's one of my things where it was like that was a pattern of behavior from childhood that I just carried into adulthood. And as conflict started to become more present in my life and, you know, disruptive life events happened, happened all those things that we experience, you know, as we move through this human life, um, that became much harder. And I wanted to run from it really fast because I'd never come up with any other ways to run from it. So, or to address it, not not even run from it. That was really what I needed needed to do was. So now I feel more comfortable sitting in that. And so I don't need the wine, you know, it's like, I don't need to get out of that. So I'm sure that you have your own little personality traits and things that you did as a kid to cope. And you've carried it through adulthood. And here we are, you know, so and we all have something I've I'm convinced of that there's something like people will say, I'm not addicted to anything. It's all about balance. And I'm like, okay, there's still something there. Like maybe you're addicted to balance. I think there's always something that, you know, people kind of suffer from uh, because it's just a human experience and that's okay. So I do want to make sure that everyone is aware of my upcoming announcement. It will be on the next podcast. That's what I'm planning on and in my email. Um, if you don't follow me on my email list, um, you can you know check me out on Instagram or TikTok. And there is a little spot just to sign up for that email list. And I send out just a weekly little you know, hey, how are things going? You know, sometimes I share some of my stories. Sometimes I share client stories. Sometimes I just share something that's inspiring. So just to kind of keep you moving through this, you know, it's interesting because I have the advantage of doing this for a living. And so it's always top of mind. So I don't stop here because I'm always working on this thing and always talking to clients about it. And so it just sort of keeps it going for me. Um, and so I realized that that is something that others have, you know, uh, not been able to benefit from because they don't do this for a living. And so it's easy when they're not kind of staying on course with this stuff that they slip back into older patterns of behavior. So anyway, look for that announcement. I'm excited for that live group and what that's going to look like for everybody. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm kind of toying around with this idea, but, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm going to allow every single person to join for free. And they get to come to the first session for free. So there will be no cost associated. They might want to check out who else is in it. I do that kind of stuff. Um, I want it to be, you know, people that their stories will resonate for me. I think that's the benefit of all of this work is we hear these other stories of other women that are very similar to us. And it's like, oh, okay, wow, I'm not alone, you know? So I think there's a lot of uh, advantages there. So I do plan to offer it the first the first uh, week will be free. And then if you choose to move forward, then we will go with a paid option. So I'm super excited. It's going to be reasonably priced. So don't 
um, be too concerned about that. Um, I've gone through all different iterations of the program, and I really just want to get it out there for people like you and me so they can get their hands on it and also feel the benefits of drinking less and living more. So stay tuned for that, and I will be back again next week. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you soon.